folks, welcome to an episode of the Artenders with Mac and Dan. I am Dan, he is Mac. Howdy. Let's just get some things really quickly out of the way. Uh, yes, I already have my espresso. But the funny part, the funny thing is, yeah, we were recording an episode already. We were doing perfectly fine. We were reviewing uh, James A. Caster's repertoire, uh, a 2018 four-part comedy special. Um, that's released on Netflix. Pretty darn good. Yeah. And we were discussing it, and we were around 20 minutes into our recording session of the first part. And then, because because the battery that Mac used for the camera that records us visually for, you know, our visual audience for YouTube and, and make some TikToks here and there, follow us. Um, nice. Yeah. It was, nice plug. Yeah, super smooth. Spontaneous plug. I loved it. Because Mac allowed that to happen. Mac, would you please pull up the uh, the penalty board? Mac and I both agreed that if he allows the battery to die, because be due to like using the Amazon battery, I'm sorry, I hope, well, uh, well now Amazon's never going to sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> or you know what? I wouldn't have like, accepted it. Or just like having a low sort of, you know, battery in the first place. Mac is getting two points. This will be analogous to me not even pressing yeah i mean um and like deep in you know what i'm saying like if it's like if it's if it's like two minutes in yeah no big deal almost if it's like if it's 20 minutes in yep that's 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 a big deal but we also have to give a point to myself Uh as well because Uh, on the don't look up us episode i said that satires don't really exist anymore and uh that was so stupid of me that was so insanely myopic and prisoner of the moment um because satires definitely do exist and uh you know, pretty frequently nowadays, it's called Saturday Night Live, and so I don't know why I made that mistake. So, Mac, well, can you count count to us? Well, where are we at right now? Uh, so, right now I am at seven, and Dan okay. is at six. Wow! So, it's, so oh. you are you are ahead. So, so we have this episode, which I hope you and then just two more absolutely trash. Yeah, I I want the worst for you. Okay, thank you. And then. <laughs> And then, and then two more after this, and then we have to uh, suit up. Yeah. So we're doing, and it's a little bit funny because we were like already in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you I got to rev myself back up. Exactly. Okay. Good work out there. But we're doing, I mean, like I said, James A. Caster's repertoire, or as I like to call, Mac's sneaky way of making me watch four different comedy <laughs> specials. Um, that are all tangentially it's related. True. It's like three three individual part, parts that sort of stand on its own, and then in the fourth part, in particular, everything is really brought in together there may be an illusion or a reference in like part two referencing part one but you know it's it's really brought together in the fourth part it's recognize represent reset and recap uh, are the four parts Uh uh and so mac Man, it's funny that we got to do this again, but let's let's just get to it. So uh-huh. you have a special love and affinity for James A. Caster, but 100%. I want to talk about primarily what brought you into selecting these specials in particular, and and I guess in general as well. Why James A. Caster? Sure. So I, uh, I specifically have always felt this uh, affinity for James A. Caster because, okay, have, have you ever had an artist? Uh, or someone that you have uh, felt specifically um, uh, close to because you feel like in another life you could have made the same thing. Does that make sense? I guess if like things had lined up differently exactly. for me, I, exactly. I think in in some ways, yeah. sure. Yeah. I have two. I have two like that. Interesting. One of them is Rex Orange County, where I feel like if I would have had a similar background or if if I would have gone into music and like really done that, my sound would have been a lot like that. Every time I listen to him, I'm like, 
I totally could have made Assuming that. Assuming that all the other paths right. maintain the same, right. like this, like, career and if path I was, like, different. 10 times more talented, obviously. But also, it's the truth. I'm not going to front. Um, disappointment. I mean, um, and then another one is, is James A. Castor. I've always felt really close to him. I've, I've always felt like, uh, if I, it's true. It like if I would uh, would have taken a stab at comedy, like I would have done something relatively similar. Um, and I really like the way that he approaches things. But needless to say, I wanted to talk about repertoire. Okay. Because um, and to uh, quote James himself, uh, he did an interview recently with I can't remember if it was Seth Meyers or Graham Norton. Can't remember. It's really funny because you're I having the can't. same exact thought experiences you did before. But he had uh, he had an interview with yep. him where he was talking about uh, how he has a knack for he always releases specials at the same time that another comedian uh, will reinvent the genre. Yeah. Um. So, like for instance, last year he released a special. Same 2021. Year. Last year. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Um. He will. Uh, he released a special at the same time. Do you know as, the movie Deja Vu starring? It's Denzel weird, Washington? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I know, I know, I know. Um, but he released a special at the same time as Bill Burnham. Uh, Inside. Inside. Yeah. Um, which was impeccable. Obviously, we talked about that for an entire episode. Yeah. Even though we shat on it, which was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. But we still had to go back to the very end. We're like, okay, this was better than we thought it was. We just wanted to criticize. Yeah, it. it's true. Um, we were learning. That's true. And then... Uh, it is good, though. The other one being, in 2018, he released yep. Repertoire. Yep. Same time as Hannah Gatsby released Nanette. Which we talked about briefly while reviewing uh, Randy Feltfaces. I forgot his name. For a second. <laughs> Did you, Randy Feltfaces. I almost said Randy Newman. <laughs> <laughs> Purple privilege. Yeah. The, the name Jamie came up in my head. Oh, uh, Jamie yeah. Feltface. Yeah. Jamie Feltface is a that's good a, that's name. That's his younger brother. That's a clean name, is what it is. Yeah. Um. The. Uh, but but I think it's safe to say, at least in my opinion, uh-huh. that even though he does a really really good job, in my opinion, and I haven't watched that much comedy specials, uh-huh. right? Like you know a lot more about comedy specials, and like I know a lot more about video games. But we're sort of like trying to bring each other closer to like our respective understandings of those mediums, and yeah. like love for those mediums as well. But I and like I have, like I said, I haven't watched that much, but I feel like it's safe to say that James Acaster is not necessarily reinventing the wheel uh-huh. when it comes to comedy. I think what he does, he does really, really well, but I... Like, I would not consider James A. Caster as somebody who, like, goes into the genre and, like, explodes and makes an absolutely insane breakthrough as opposed to Nanette or Inside. Uh-huh. You know? So, and and at this point uh, is where um, I just flat out disagree. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Danny. I love you, Danny. Um, I, I love uh, James A. Caster for lots of reasons, but... Um, I absolutely think that, uh, for instance, um, mm-hmm. there's just something about James A. Caster that, that I think you kind of need a little bit of comedy knowledge to understand how insane all the things he's doing. Call also, me stupid? Mm, yeah. Are you, call, you call me ignorant? 100%. Can't refute that. What can you do that? about it? I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm just gonna... No, just no, 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 no. You're not stupid. No. No, it's, it, it's like this. So... Uh, can you think of a video game? Yeah. That uh, 
like, for instance, it would only be a video game that would make sense to people that play video games. Or, like, would be unfair for me to play because I wouldn't really get it. Like the WarioWare series. The what? The WarioWare series. Wario. Yeah. Right? You know Wario. Yeah. Evil Mario. Wario. Uh, it's his own series of like, there's like a bunch of like micro games that they're called that you have to like, sort of like complete within like two seconds of each other. So it, yeah, that, that would be a great trying example. trying to be rich. I don't know what to tell you. Of a, <laughs> that would be a great example of a game that I would not understand. I'm just looking at like my like. Your lineup right here. Exactly. Um, and but it's like, a warrior wear smooth moves for, for the Wii, which is a vastly underrated game. So, and that's a game I'm assuming that you like, but that if you were just to show other people they'd be like um what kind of psychedelics are you taking right 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 exactly in so regards that to that is james a caster for me <laughs> um the psychedelics uh well where like james a caster is like popular to those who know comedy but like to those who are like just outside of right. it like he's not like surface level popular like dave Chappelle or like um John, John Mulaney. Mulaney. Yeah. I was about to say James Mulvaney. That's just not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the last three or four, I guess, I guess, I guess the top five. Or like Kevin Hart. Comedians. That's what I was about to say. It's like the past comedians that have been the number one comedian in the world are Dave Chappelle, John Mulaney, Kevin Hart, Louis C.K., and yeah. Daniel Tosh. That um, seems about right, yeah. Yeah, and and he is nowhere close to any of those people. And that's fine. But not yeah, absolutely. Well, so I, I would I would liken him to a MF Doom in that he is a comedian's comedian. In the same way mm-hmm. that MF Doom is not commercially popular, like Norm but he is McDonald? a rapper's rapper. Yes, absolutely. Norm MacDonald is a very good example. For real, that's a great example. Um that like all comedians are like bow down to You know what? Norm MacDonald. I I, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Because I actually understand that point perfectly. Yeah. Because one thing that in particular Norm MacDonald does is that is such the supreme confidence of, I know I'm funny and I don't care. Yeah. And so that's what makes him even funnier. And right. I think that actually shows through a lot with James Acaster yes. where – he doesn't relish in his own jokes, right? Uh-huh. But what he does is that he leans into the absurdity and the the wackiness yeah. of it. And like I said, he doesn't relish in it, so he hardly even acknowledges that he's a comedian on right. stage or and slash or joking. Right. Right. He just allows things to really sit and like is comfortable with the fact of you being uncomfortable by just the absurdity yes. of it all. Yes. And so that is what lends him to be a lot funnier right. than I think most people who would attempt to try his style of comedy. He is one of maybe two or three comedians on the planet that I can think of okay. that if they were to say a joke and it didn't land, he would say it a couple more times. Yeah. Am I the other person? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, am, am I the other person? No, you're not the other person. No, 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 no. Um, Although you do that, but no, uh, I, I would I would not put you on that list. Um, so I'm the other person. Yeah, um, y- yeah. It's just you and James. That's it. Um, the why is it that I feel so comfortable calling him James? Like, My buddy James. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It just seems right. No, I wish, man. Oh God, I would have so many questions yeah, for you, him. You blow him um, up. He blocked. I really would. Yeah, it would be an issue. Okay, but 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 these comedians. Yes. So uh, there are a couple things that. Because um, you're talking about James A. Caster doesn't necessarily reinvent the wheel. Yeah. And although, or like he like he doesn't do anything new necessarily. Like that, that's what you were saying. So my retort to that is 
uh, I think that we can agree that he, even if he isn't doing a whole lot of things that are entirely new, mm-hmm. there are still a lot of things that he is doing that are one, not popular, and two, at least no comedians are doing nowadays. Okay. Um, I'm with you. Yeah. And then this is uh, this is the one thing I'll raise you, though. There is at least one thing I can think of that he does and is currently doing that no other comedian uh, has ever done that I can think of, um, that I have seen. Yeah. Yeah. Get ready. Um, and it is that... I've never, ever, ever seen another comedian be as perfectly self-aware as he is about the fact that he is lying. Okay. Um, And what I mean by that is most comedians, all comedians that I can think of, are either uh, they fall in the category of they are going to uh, sometimes lie to you, sometimes tell you the truth. Yeah. um, And they're not going to tell you which one they're doing. Or they pride themselves on how honest they are. The everyman approach. Right, 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 right. Um, the, 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 the George Carlins, the Louis C.K.'s, yeah. that are like, I'm on stage and I'm giving you the most authentic version of myself as I possibly can, right? Yeah. Um, and then there are people that are like in the, what? Are you I mean, which it? we found out with Louis C.K. It's not knew, necessarily true. I knew you were going to make a fucking Louis C.K. joke. So sad. But... I mean, we yes, have to, the when we're talking involved, about like yes. comedy, like evolutionary thing, it's hard not to talk about him. Um, in the same way that like we're, if we're talking about pop music, we just have to like kind of shake our heads and, and power through the Michael Jackson conversation because you can't talk about pop music and not talk about Michael Jackson. So, um, yeah, so, so uh, that is, is one type of person. And there's also the types of comics that are like super in your face with their, uh, with their performer values. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah, the yeah, Dimitri yeah. Martins. Uh, the uh, uh, the carrot tops, you know, mm. and I would also put Bo Burnham in there. Bo Burnham's very specific about the character he's trying to play. Yeah, um, and like pop comics, right? Too. Right. Yeah. I have never seen a comedian that lies and then makes it really obvious that he just lied. Like sort of double down, dub, dub, excuse me, doubles down. What? I can't say words right now um but <laughs> but like into leans into the absurdity right where yeah. it's like painfully yeah is obvious where he's telling a lie right like there there may be some comedians where like they're telling you a story but you're not necessarily sure if it's the truth right uh for some reason my mind it instantly cast back to a time where i was watching a bob saget stand up may he rest in peace and oh no well he told a story where he was at a in a bathroom, and so he walked in with John Stamos, and there was a guy already peeing there. And so him and John went around this one guy. So the guy is in a center urinal, and then Bob Sackett's to the left urinal, and then John Stamos is to the right. And then it's just the guy just has to confront with the fact that he's being peeing surrounded right by- next to like two two of the two of the dads from Full House. Yeah, right. You know, he's Joey. Exactly. In that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dave Gouillet. Oh, Dave. So the uh, yeah, well, yeah we're exactly. like, is that story we're, true? Is that false? It, like, it could very well be yep. a true story, but like, I'm not insanely sure if it's true in the first place. Right. Well, so many, so many comedians rely on their relatability. Yeah. Um, they rely on the fact that they want to make, uh, they want to make it seem fresh. A lot of different comedians in a chummy sort of way. Right. So like a lot of comedians, they use these methods and that's what we think their personality is, but it's not actually their personality. Yeah. They use these methods to make it look like it's fresh whenever it's mm-hmm. clearly not. And so like 
a big one is Dave Chappelle's uh, cigarette, mm-hmm. right? So he will use that um, as a way to make it seem like uh, he's having a thought for the first time because he'll pause to like smoke a cigarette. A lot of people will do the um, mm. uh, B- Bill Burr. His big one is that he'll always like forget names. You can tell that like. There's no way you've done this stand-up set like a yeah. hundred times, and, and like kind of even briefly, if you if you watch something as <laughs> silly as it is, uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, yeah, like you you get a sort of peek behind the curtain, like a tiniest bit of peek, and then you realize, oh my god, this thing is so meticulously done yeah. that the best of the best comedians make it so not obvious at all mm. that the work they're doing is insanely hard and insanely thought yeah. out. Well, I mean, oh gosh, I was just watching an interview um, of Louis Anderson, who is uh, an older comic, way older, um, who was on Conan a couple years ago. Uh-huh. And he was talking about how um, the uh, he would write jokes and sometimes there would be jokes that would like just happen really easily and like they, they were because it was just real life stuff. Um, but the jokes that were lies that he had to like kind of fabricate to make it funny, he would take literally years to write a joke that lasts like 10 seconds. Yeah. It would take, so he, he, but he was like one of my favorite jokes that I ever wrote. It took me 10 years to write it. And it's only, and he's like, I timed it. It's only eight seconds of my act. Like eight seconds of my act took 10 years to write. Yeah. Um, but it just depends, you know, uh, James Acaster, what I find so fascinating about him is that he actually writes uh his stand up specials with one structure which is an illusion in comedy no other com- uh, comedian cares about structure in the same way that he does um, well i mean he structures it like a performer you that's know the thing. like, he like a, like a solo performance yeah. piece he so before he even figures out what jokes he's going to say or any stories he's going to tell i also want to refute that point a little bit where like uh-huh. i i I find it hard to believe that like other comics don't care a lot about structure, uh-huh. especially when like the element of callbacks is becoming very, very relevant yeah. for a lot of comedians. Like the the usage of callbacks, like calling back to a previous joke or a thought or a story, mm-hmm. is like imperative for later parts of the act for a lot of comics. That I. Uh-huh feel maybe maybe i'm stretching this a little bit but it may be hard to watch a special nowadays without a callback you know so the structure you're correct i I think structure is more important to more comics than you may be giving it credit for I, i i will accept that you're probably correct on that one at the same time i think the difference is that uh for instance uh a person who masters the the callback and like almost like defines it for us nowadays, Dave Chappelle. Um, Dave Chappelle, uh, in his seven most popular stand up specials, um, six of them he ends it with a callback. And not only does he make his callbacks so stellar and they're so freaking funny, at the same time, um, he also basically trains his audiences that whenever you get. Uh, a really stellar callback mm-hmm. at the end of the show. That's him telling you that the show's over. And it's, a, it's such a such good buttons. It, oh, amazing yeah. buttons! Right. So like the the audience will he will not say thank you like have a good night that's my time or whatever like that. He will say a punchline 
that is a callback to a joke from the beginning of the show, and everyone will just start clapping because they and know you, it's done. Yeah, they just you just know. Yeah, because he's trained you to think that, right? And like so nine smart. times out of ten, it's like it's a very very big story, and then yeah. it ends with the callback. Exactly. And I know for a fact it happens with at least two of this, two of the episodes per se. Yeah. Two of the episodes specials. Um. For James Acaster. I know for a fact that happens with the first and the last. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure it happens for the middle two as uh, well, but I'm not confident. It does. Yeah, I because of the, um, a little bit in that. Uh, because of the Christingle. That's right. Yeah, in the third? Second one. Second one. You're right. You're Second right. Um, <laughs> What's a Christingle, Mac? Oh, okay. A Christingle is um, a candle in an orange. orange. Yeah. And there's like uh, pencils hanging out of it too. With, uh, no, with a bunch of toothpicks. Oh, sorry. That have, I think. I think it's like meat and cheese Something attached like to that, them. Yeah. Um, and you can eat and it. And there's like a there. ribbon around the, the yeah. orange. Yeah. And so you like eat the, the toothpick meat cheese one at a time. And then you unwrap the orange with the candle still in it and start eating the orange around the. It's ridiculous. Anyways. Um, it's, something, it's something in his act. It's insane. But uh, even Dave Chappelle, I think the big difference is that uh, Dave Chappelle will use callbacks. Um, and they're excellent, but I think that the callbacks are an illusion of structure in that he could take out and replace any of the jokes in his special, and it would still be the special. Okay, okay. James okay, Acaster okay. cannot take Like he has like a toolbox. Out. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. James Acaster cannot take out or put in any other jokes because his stories... And more importantly, the 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 uh, the narrative, the the character arc of James A. Caster, which we have to get to in a second, is dependent on the stories he's telling. He has a script. Absolutely, has a script. He has to, and and the script did not come from this would be funny. The script came from this is the story I'm trying to tell, not story as in I went to the market one day and blah 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 blah, like other comedians. Yeah, hey, you went to the coin store. Yeah, the <laughs> the coin store. The, the deep cut. The, I know the uh, the, but he is uh, telling a story in terms of like we're watching a character in a play, and that's what I love so much about James A. Caster is that it is way more theater yeah. than it is, and he knows that way more theater than it is stand up comedy, and that's what makes it so experimental and so wild and so interesting. So the story that James A. Caster is trying to tell, um, I, I, we need to get to that because that's also what makes me so attached to the story and what makes me so emotional. And I told you this the other day, I get weirdly emotional with James A. Caster and specifically repertoire for some reason. And it's partially because I feel connected to him in like a material kind of way, like a content things he's making kind of way, but also because it's just so beautiful. And one of the best ways I can think of for a person to tell the story he's trying to tell, which is, you can see over the course of the four specials, he is himself mm-hmm. trying to come closer to telling you the truth. I was talking about earlier his what makes him so special and so earlier as in the cut first part that we had done. No, 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 no. In 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 this one, I promise. I can't remember anything anymore. It's yeah, all I know blur. me neither. It's so difficult. I'm just fully. I've fully moved past. Okay, and good. I think we're officially into the new, st- uh, new stuff. I like bringing it up though. Me too. It was difficult. So, anyways. Um, what makes him so special is the fact that he's self-aware in his lying, right? Uh, but here, how he does that is he 
will very blatantly lie to you, tell you that he's lying, and not tell you the truth. But as the as the specials go on, we start to see more clearly the truth. We start to see more clearly James A. Castor's real person rather than the character that he is portraying for us. And that's something that we never see in Bill Burnham. And that's something that we never see in these... That, in, in these uh... whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, please, please, please. I was being, I was being a bad co-host. I was only kind of ha- no, have qu- three quarters listening. So you're saying he, he gets closer to becoming the person James A. Caster and away from the character? Yeah. You're going to tell me that's not the case with Bo Burnham? I'm saying that Bo Burnham will sometimes... Particularly with Inside. Right, right, right. I'm saying that uh, Bo Burnham will show you... Uh, bits and pieces of like you kind of have to put together the puzzle yeah. for Bo Burnham in terms of like oh that's what he's trying to say it is art in that way and that's very impressive um, but I don't think that Bo Burnham is ever willing to talk directly to the audience as himself and that's not necessarily something that um, Bo Burnham is always going to be polished Bobrum's always going to be polished, and he's always going to... Even if to, it's, like, dirty, per se, is always in a polished... It's an intentional sort of dirty. Yeah. Um, James Acaster, I think, is willing to... is willing to eventually look you directly in the face and, like, tell you how hard of a time he's having. Bobrum will show you, but James Acaster will, like... You know what I mean? Like, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me let me entertain this thought Please. then. So then, is there like a particular example from these four specials? Yes, where that is the case. Okay, yeah. So, um, uh, the biggest example that I can think of is um, whenever at the very end of the last one, okay, he has a wooden duck, right? Um, and the wooden duck he got from this bar or whatever, and it is uh. Uh, and he's like ashamed of looking at the duck because it's like the wooden duck is used to like lure out all the real ducks um, because they think that it's a real duck. And then all the hunters like kill off all the real ducks and everything. And so he talks about that a little bit. And so he has the duck, the wooden duck facing the audience while he is facing away from the audience, which is interesting. And he's talking as the real duck coming upon the wooden, the wooden duck, duck yeah. which is hilarious, right? And it was a super cool concept. And then he starts telling the audience about like after the, the real duck has been killed, like what happens to his family and everything. And I counted... Um, and it was insane. We talked about callbacks. Uh, something that he's doing that, like you said, is not reinventing the wheel, but is kind of revolutionary in a way. In that one story, starting whenever he has the wooden duck to the end of the wooden duck segment, mm-hmm. 13 callbacks. That is imp- to, yeah. to yeah. the past four specials. Yes. Unbelievable. But... Um, in that moment, over the course of the Wooden Duck story, we start to see James A. Caster. Uh, he starts talking in the perspective of this real duck or whatever, and then you. <laughs> oh no! I just coughed into the mic. That's a god. Damn yes. It. Oh god! I was about to cough away, but it just came out what of were you nowhere. Saying? He starts to what? Oh well, he's using the um the fake real duck. Hold on. Wait. The, what? the Wooden Duck. He's oh not... sorry. The, oh sorry. The the the. the he's using yeah. the real duck voice. character yes. voice. As an apparatus for himself. Yes, and so he just starts telling you yeah. in the most blatant and clear terms exactly what he is thinking and the things that he is going through. He also does that, uh, I think, in a prior, and Mac is adding a point, so we are now tied again. God, yes, we are. Damn it. Yes, we are. We need we need to discuss tiebreakers because I don't think we ever got oh, around to 
discussing that. But I we'll, won't need one. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm that was bombastic. not the truth. That was um, but uh. But, yeah, but he, he does. does that in an earlier special as well where he's, like, talking to an audience member and, like, all the details that he's, like... I, th- I think the audience member was, like... Let's just say his name was Alex because I can't yeah. remember. It's, like, Alex, you had this experience and then he says the exact experience that James himself was having. Uh-huh, it was, uh-huh, like, uh-huh. you had that experience, right? right? Right. And then and then you were looking at the ticket for your own show and the ticket said James Acaster and, like, it was, like, he lent... He yeah. led... Was, lent? Let... Let... You leaned? Jeez. Leaned. Oh my god. I don't fucking remember. He leaned into that more of like, yes, I'm using you as an apparatus. Yeah. So much so that I'm not even changing any names in the story. That the ticket for the show that you have is still my name. Uh-huh. You know? And on that Lent leaned lend, uh, let's take a break and come back in just a moment, sir. All right. All right. I just remembered something, guys. Mac, I just remembered something. What you remember? That um, for our sleeper picks, whenever it's a video game, yep. I decided I'm going to start this thing. I'm going to start this cool new brand new thing that, that is new for me, right? Uh-huh. I started a Twitch account. Fuck yeah, you did, Danny. So very yeah, soon. Yeah, you did. So very soon, I'm going to start streaming and recording my playthrough of our sleeper pick. What a sleeper pick is, is that like, if it takes longer than... 12 hours max or so like we will we'll set you know that pick to the side and we'll eventually slowly pick at it get to it and whenever we're both finished with it we'll review it we're doing the last of us a hit video game uh that released on the ps3 and ps4 and so i am going to stream that on my twitch my twitch is at senor danny boy there's no spaces and it's senor sr so it's sr danny boy that's it. No other fancy spelling to that. Okay. And that's that's my Twitch, and so I'm going to be starting. You got a new follower in me. That's yeah, for we'll, sure. Yeah, we'll start following, and then uh, I'll start streaming soon, and then so the we... broadcast will be uploaded there Absolutely. as well, and I'll be doing at least that on behalf of the R-Tenders, and I'll probably, uh-huh. you know, You'll eventually stream some other things. You'll do R-Tenders and, and your own thing. Yeah, yeah, Great. but at least to start, I'll be beginning with The Last of Us, which is really exciting, and I look forward to, to, you know, making that content more ways absolutely. than one. Absolutely. So our tenders are now on all media platforms, all uh, uh, um, uh, sound audio platforms. Uh, wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you get your podcast. Um, we are now on TikTok, yep. YouTube, and Twitch. I'm on Twitch. You're on Twitch on behalf of the art tenders. Do- and I'll be doing stuff on behalf of the art right. tenders. It is very much so still my Yours. Twitch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because you, you're now a streamer, Danny. Not officially. Although, technically, I did start today. You did? However, it on was what? only 20 minutes in. Well, it was only 20 minutes in oh, just Last a of test. Us. Okay. Yeah, yeah, on The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. But I need to do some restructuring, uh, rearranging. Daniel. But, uh, Daniel Arturo But for the most part, it's set up. Fantastic. Mac. So. What were the points that you were going to bring up? Now, um, there is a lot more that I could go into on James A. Caster, but, but what was what we let... That? We left off with we... uh, his... <laughs> His journey uh, over the course of the four uh, episodes, the four specials, um, getting closer and closer to reality and honesty. Yeah. Um, and it's something that, uh, especially whenever it was released, I was feeling like really um, specifically close to like watching him feel the need to perform and then watching it very slowly fade away. A lot of the, the specific stories he told as well, like... Um, 
he always he's just so polarizing. He's such a polarizing comic. He I mean, just think about the way that he starts his specials uh-huh. just for a moment. I mean, he starts one of them in blackout. Like he's just talking to the audience in blackout for a while. Like yeah. that's like the first segment, like the first story of his standup is just that. There's another one where he walks on mid monologue. He's in the middle of a joke. He's in the middle of telling a joke as he's walking on stage. That's unheard of. What the hell? Um, there was an oh oh oh. What was the it very one? first one, he starts out on his knees. Yeah, and then ten minutes in, finally, he's like, in my head, I I don't actually start until I start standing up, and then. Yeah. Five minutes later, the moment he stands up, he beep on his on his. He watch. starts his time, and exactly. then towards the end, when he gets back down, he beeps on his watch, and then he also does that sort of like bit in a couple of other specials. Yeah, in the third well. one. So um, yeah, it's it's like, but it's still calling back to those entrances yeah, as yeah. well in this very, very weird ways. But like, well, that is also ways that work for him. Um, something that uh uh that similar to the wire and similar to um. In the mood for love, I believe, uh, where I didn't give it enough respect at first, the very first time I ever watched it. Sure. That I'm watching it, I'm just like, okay, whatever, it's stand up. And then whenever I noticed that he was making callbacks to jokes literally specials ago, that in audience time was months ago, that is, I, I was shocked. I was like, I'm sorry, what? So. I have a question. Yeah. So do you know the production process behind of how he Correct. So um I believe he did uh record them all at different locations. It looks like the same space. Um I'm pretty sure that he recorded it at Yeah, please have at it. Yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm, I'm going to do some googling, but uh yeah, no, please please But go I know ahead. that at minimum they were all relatively like close in time to each other. Um Okay. But Anywho, um, he, uh, yeah, and on on his knees and everything, that's freaking hilarious. Um, also that he, uh, w- ha- does have like a linear way of, of recording the specials that like at the end of episode two, yeah. right. Um, going into, uh, yeah, at the end of episode two, he has a freak out and his freak out involves him taking every single bit of the stage apart and laying it on the ground. And then did you notice that in the beginning of the third episode, the third special, he, it's like him putting it back together. Yes. And then at the end of the fourth one, he is walking off stage and then immediately gets in his costume so that he can come on stage for the first one. It's another cycle. It's, it's, it is a cyclical journey. And, also, oh, just kind of depressing, um, but so freaking beautiful. Um, and, and, and no stand-up comedian that I can think of uh, has that much thought and storytelling value in the, in the stuff that they're making right now. Um, there's one more thing, Danny. That I'm, I'm so trying to prove you wrong. Yeah, please. I'm desperately... Well, because it... It looks like the same space. It looks exactly like the same space. Uh-huh. I would be... I it, I find it extremely hard to believe that it's not done at the same, same space. space. I imagine that it's done, you know, throughout different times and stuff. Probably it wasn't all in one evening. Like, I, yeah, I, I imagine it wasn't done in one evening because uh-huh. that would be absurd and very tiring. But also the fact that he goes from one uh, from from episode four back into episode one makes me feel like 
he does do them in repertoire. You know what I mean? Huh. I'm serious. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually does go to a location and then perform them like one night he'll do one and then he'll just like do them in succession. Well, that, 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 so, so I just saw this briefly online. So originally he just had recognize, represent and reset uh-huh. and he would perform those at different venues, like one for each night and then eventually recap sort of the fourth one developed itself and then it became like a four part. Uh-huh. Sort of thing that he would perform at different venues, or rather, he would go to a venue, perform each one each night. Uh-huh. Is how he would sort of set that up. Also, you you want to know something crazy about the way he wrote this? He uh, so I would really fast. I would find it once again very strange. I can't find anything conclusive very quickly. It would location. be a lot easier if we had a third person to look this up, but we don't. And I also have to kind of listen to you at the same time. Which yeah, sucks. I feel I bad listening to you. You're the absolute worst. I um, can't so, agree more. It, since it was sort of set up like that, I would be surprised that that would not be the case for repertoire, or at least the Netflix special uh-huh. that is repertoire. The uh, there was something that you said uh, on Monday when we were talking very briefly about today it. is Wednesday. Today is right. Wednesday. Um, you said at one point something about uh, him being an absurdist comedian. Yeah, I have a little bit of a qualm with that. Because although I think that some of the things he does are a little absurd, I think that is implying that he is doing them for the sake of absurdity. And that is difficult for me. So what do you... Okay. I'm saying that I think that every single thing that he does that could be deemed absurd is given an explanation or does actually make sense eventually. And all the things that he does are for a either comedic or storytelling purpose. So is absurdity? Not all. Okay. Some of it, I... I yeah, but, but I guess what you're trying to say is I'm being disingenuous when I'm just calling him, him an absurd comic. Sure. So, like, a lot of absurdist comedians I, I, like get a bad rap and, like, a deserved bad rap because the thing that makes them funny is the absurdity, not... Not the thing that the absurdity leads to, not the eventual realizations that are made from it. So, like, very, very popular modern absurdist comedians, um, uh, probably one of the biggest ones and that I'm, like, a, a medium fan of is Eric Andre. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the Eric Andre show is absurdist in that, like, it's just random and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that's kind of the point. It doesn't ever strive to. Where I feel like with James A. Caster, what makes it funny to me is the confidence within the absurdity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, does that make Presently, sense yeah. Yeah, yeah and then also like the the realization of why the absurdity is there eventually so yeah. like for instance um whenever he's doing uh, instead of just the absurdity being there that's the funny part it's like no no no, no. the absurdity is just an apparatus it's just a bridge right to, like this other thing that's actually right. the funny part so, or like a lot of seemingly absurdist comedy things. So like, for instance, there's one segment of, um, of one of the specials where he, uh, music starts playing randomly and you're like, what is this music coming from? And then he goes, uh, um, and then he goes and grabs some props and like starts making like funny poses at random moments. And as an audience member, you're just like, what the hell is he doing right now? And then, uh, at the very end, um, he, 
there's like this like checkmark sound as he just like looks very blankly at you. And then uh, at the very end, he titles it. He's like, uh, by the way, that piece was titled um, The Do's and Do Nots of Passport Photos. Um, and like out of nowhere. Uh, right. It's out of nowhere. And so while you're experiencing it, it is absurdist. Afterwards, there is context given, and it's and the sense is funny, not necessarily the absurdity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so I will allow this criticism upon myself very well. <laughs> and so it's like he is. It's almost like he masks himself as an absurdist comedian. It and another thing, like you said, he doesn't revel in his own jokes, and he tries so hard to convince you that he's not funny, so that whenever he is, it is that much more exciting. Um, I think that he actually kind of bends over backwards to to convince you that he's not funny or like to tell you that what he's about to say is not funny. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Don't laugh at what I'm about to say. And that's why partially why you laugh. Um, so like uh, a lot of his topics that he talks about um, or like the themes that he touches on are pretty um, uh, serious ones. And mm-hmm. like he sets them up in such like a genuine way that like that's partially what makes them so funny. So like for instance, whenever he's talking about like um, uh, witness protection or whenever he's talking about, oh, he's freaking The Wire podcast where he just like will play into the microphone an episode of him trying to be an undercover cop is like, it is so funny, but it's the fact that like the first like Maybe I'm not gonna say five minutes. Maybe two or three minutes of that joke are simply not funny. Yeah. That whenever he starts hitting you with jokes, um, oh, what's what's the phrase that he says over say your and over prayers. again? <laughs> That's what well, it you is. just hear him just like <laughs> say your prayers, say your prayers, say your prayers. So funny in the middle of like this cacophony of, right. of of just loud angry noises. You right. know, you just hear a little bit of say your prayers here and there. Right. Or like. Another one is because uh, part of the things that make callback callbacks so interesting uh-huh. is that it feels like an inside joke, right? And that's that's why that's a big reason yeah. why comedians do it is because it feels like something that we can share. For instance, um, I I went a, a while back, a couple years ago, to see John Mulaney do uh, to record um, Kid Gorgeous, and he uh, there was he one- recorded. Or uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not recorded. I apologize. Thank you for catching me. Not recorded. Um, I watched him perform uh, "Kid Gorgeous," and nice. so he was sitting there doing the. You could have let that slide, and it would have been a point. That's so sweet of you. I appreciate. Who says you. it can't be a point? Not not. Just oh, kidding. I can just feel. Kidding. I just can see kidding. in your eyes you going like. Uh, uh. Uh, uh. Um, the uh, give me that. <laughs> the there was one moment where someone got up to go to the restroom. And he started making jokes about that specific person. And then he said, okay, now that person's gone. And he's made an inside joke with the other like 1,200 people in the room where he was like, okay, so they're going to come back and I'm going to make a joke that's not going to make any sense. And he was like, but what what should it be? And then we all made up together. He was like, okay, I'm going to say this punchline. That person's not going to know what we're talking about. And it's not going to make any sense. And so we made up a, I can't even remember what the sentence was. It was something like, and that's why you can't trust cheerleaders or something like that, right? And so he never tells us an actual joke about it, right? But it's the fact that at the end of the show, he's finished his entire act and it's been really funny. He's like, thank you. Uh, um, 
like like that's been my time. I'm John Mulaney. Like thanks for coming out. Like I'll see you next time. And like he's like starting to leave, and then he comes back and he's like, oh oh, I I, I totally forgot. I almost forgot. Sorry. Um, I just wanted to uh, like uh, make sure you guys know that you can't trust cheerleaders. And then looks at the person that left to go to the restroom. He's like, am I right or am I right? And we're dying laughing, even though it's not funny, but like just because of the inside joke, right? So right, right. the oh, that's it a feels fine. like that's you're. A fine. I just hit. I hit it. I totally hit the cord. Um, I did. I I, I hit it. All right. I don't know if it's gonna read, but I hit it. Okay. Tying it up again. Oh no! Fuck. You went back up. Yeah, I did go back up. <laughs> <laughs> That's just mean. That's mean, though. Do wait. Do you want to get a longer extension cable? Would that make you happy? Deep down, maybe, yeah. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. I'll 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 look into it. I guess I'll have to fuck my life. Okay. Um, that's a uh, Mac at nine, Danny at seven. Whatever. Mac at nine, Danny at seven. Okay. Um, I was going to say, yeah, so that that's often You feel like you're a part of something and that's yeah, the comedy of it. And that's oftentimes why they do callbacks, right? Now, what's so interesting about James Acaster is that uh, most of the time, you'll do a uh, callback so that you feel close to the the audience as a whole. Yeah, he does not necessarily use callbacks that way. He will use a callback, and sometimes everyone will get it. But sometimes he'll say callbacks that he does not give a fuck how many people know what he's talking about. Okay, such as for instance, um, he at one point, uh uses an inside joke um, where he's talking about bread and he's like my least favorite types of bread and then he lists all the Subway breads and everyone that's been to Subway know like has heard those breads before and it's funny and you're like that's fucking hilarious and then he says if you don't get that joke you live a better life than me and the crazy thing is is that if you didn't get that joke he never explains it yeah he's just like if you got it you got it if you didn't you didn't we're moving and on now. and we're just gonna move and on and we're just gonna move on um, and he, but what's great is that he doesn't dwell, for the most part. He doesn't. I don't think he dwell. He doesn't dwell too much on a joke. Yeah. And so, like, even Moving if on. a joke is not successful for you, don't worry. Next one's already coming up. Right. Um. So, th- yeah, there's absolutely that. Uh, another example would be um, whenever he makes callbacks to past specials, mm. and not everyone in the audience understands the reference so like whenever he like like three in i think part three he will like press the beep or like the timer or whatever on his uh on his clock watch Watch. um i'm sorry i'm losing the full ass clock in his pocket (laughs) on this clock um he will uh do that and only half the audience is laughing because only half the audience like maybe really understands like what's so funny about that it's alluding to the the first. Right, and the, and the reason that we get it is because we were... We just watched We just watched it. We just watched the other special. Um, super, super clever. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. I Sorry, I've been ranting for the literal It's fine. Episode. I have a potential sizzle. I don't think it's a sizzle serve. Please. But I think it's a sizzle serve in regards to you. So maybe I'll put some different image oh, in. Oh, no. Okay, go ahead. That I think... James A. Caster does not necessarily... Maybe this is a sizzle serve. I don't know. Translates that well over screen mm-hmm. i think james acaster is one of those comedians i can tell he's very very funny but like 
I think it's it's certainly enhanced when you're in person, and that's yeah. generally the the case with comedians, anyways. But I feel like James A. Caster is one of those folks where you, in my opinion, I I really wanted to be in the room because I was like, some of these things aren't landing, and I think it's because I'm just not in the room. Yeah, I was having the experience with a comedian that I saw last December, uh, Taylor Tomlinson. Mm. Whom I haven't, I hadn't seen a special of hers at all. This was just, wow. a, just a bare experience. Raw dog in the experience. Good for you. That was just a poor choice of words there. Uh, it was intentional. Okay. And oh uh, wow, and I'm hungry. That was just a. We'll see that if the microphone. You? I thought it was a motorcycle it. outside. <laughs> Did you really hear that? Yeah. Oh no. It was from the outside. Yeah, you know how wow. it is. Yeah. Anyways, but I saw that tour performance at live in a theater and i was smiling the entire time my yeah. face physically hurt from smiling the entire time mm-hmm. i think it's also safe to say if i had watched that special on on a screen on television on whatever i would not feel as positive about it as i did when i was there right i think you were sort of alluding to it a little bit with the John Mulaney thing where it's that aspect of community. Right. Where I think the aspect of community lends really well to James A. Caster. Yeah. And I think that's sort of like, because it's it's the uncomfortable nature. And when I say uncomfortable, like he doesn't do anything like, you know, he doesn't talk about anything uncomfortable. But no, it's that absurdist tinge. And I know once again, I'm being a little bit disingenuous, but that's the best word I can come up with. It's that absurdist tinge that he adds to his work that lands so much better when you're there in person because then you can hear the breaths of everyone around you. Like when you're at home watching something on a screen, you're in you're in your safe space. Mm -hmm. Right. But when you're and this applies to theater as well, when you're like in the thick of it in person watching it there you're not necessarily in a safe space. Yeah. And so you're, you're sort of forced a lot more to be faced with that sort of uncomfortable nature that's being presented to you. And so because of that, I think James A. Caster lends a lot better to just being in person. And like I said, that's more than likely probably 99% of the case with other comedians anyways. Yep. But I felt like the sort of disparity was larger with James A. Caster right. as opposed to other comedians. Yeah. And so I could acknowledge that this is really, really well done, but I was having the experience. I would like this so much more if I was there, which is unfair because I don't even know when the hell I'm going to, if I'm ever going to be able to see James A. Caster in person. Right. And it's sort of is the same thing of like, you know, some people consider Grateful Dead's music, you know, repertoire. Haha. <laughs> okay. Right. Or like you know, good, right? But when they're in, you know, actually performing in front of you, that's when they really shine. Yeah. As opposed to some other artists, right? Or like some hip hop artists, maybe where their music, when you listen to it, is fantastic, but there aren't they aren't that great of performers. Right. And so I felt that case with James Acaster, where this is still very good, and I'm able to acknowledge it, and I'm able to acknowledge the sort of fine crafting, unique ability that he presents with these specials gosh darn it's would have been so much better yep. if it was in person yes, yes and so does. that's the thing that's holding me back yeah. from james a caster well also and it's difficult you know similar to actual experimental and absurdist theater you yeah. know what i mean um like that 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 hasn't really made its way to 
the silver screen for a reason. Yeah. Um, the discomfort doesn't translate well. Not at all. It's just, just it's more strange and like unsettling than it is like something that you have to deal with. And also yeah. being in a space you feel the necessity to stick it out. Yeah. And you're always better for it. But because you have the ability to turn it off, I could see a lot of people turning on James A. Caster being like, okay. And then halfway through just being like, what? And flipping it off. And it's a little bit of bystander effect too, where if you're in the middle of an audience and like the audience is laughing, you're going to end up laughing. If the audience is jeering, say, you're going to end up jeering. There's, there's the, there, yeah, there's the feeling the the temperature of the room and following it yeah. is one thing. Also, uh, warm ups. Did you did did they have a um uh an opener for Taylor Thomason? Uh, yes, they did. They yeah. did. They had a, they another comedian that was a friend of hers. Yep. Come on, yeah. there it is. And um and that's a way bigger help than you think. Um, yeah. because even if they're not, even if they're not it's the same super thing funny, that they do for musical, not musical re- acts, but like specifically music yeah. artists. Yeah, I not musicals i wanted to give that clarification because <laughs> like it, it's a win-win because either they're not great and you are refreshed and relieved to see the act or they're really good and you're ready to laugh some more yeah because you're already in the mood yeah another one's alcohol i mean whenever you go to whenever you go to a space a lot of people are drinking most comedy specials or comedy acts um people have had a drink or two yeah yeah that, that's very, that's a very likely one. um yeah. yeah uh the uh yeah. So all those factors contribute as opposed to me sitting on my couch by myself exactly. just watching a special after I got off from work. Right. Right. You know, like it's a very, very different experience. And I feel 100%. like that is important to consider, especially Mr. A. Castor's work I, I, is, is the big thing that I wanted to bring up. I wanted to uh, not like totally end, but kind of come to the end of this podcast on a story, a bit of gossip. Wow. Um, so, Jeez, man. <laughs> so, uh, James Acaster is, I think that we can actually say in terms of all the people that we have reviewed, is most similar to, um, for many reasons, Rowan Atkinson. Um, Rowan Atkinson, he have a lot of uh, similarities in terms of... Um, their like kind of awkward and uncomfortable comedy that is sort of experimental and people don't really know how to handle it at first. But he he was more of like a physical right. sort of comedian right. where like James A. Castor, he's still physical but relies a lot yeah. more on the language. Different in style, very similar in ideology. Um, the uh, And something that is funny is that Rowan Atkinson was also a large reason why James A. Castor got into comedy. It's like one of his heroes, right? Mm. So James Acaster, he kind of mentioned this a couple times in the special, and he has in all of his specials that uh, he was um, he was married, right? Um, wow. Uh, or at least engaged. Oh my god. Okay, but get Sorry. to the point. Christ, so he was I with mean, this. Okay, so you gave yourself the blanket. Maybe he was engaged. Yeah, maybe I have he was married. to. We have points now. Well, so, yeah. Um, but I'm happy it took you five seconds of silence to figure that out. Okay, we'll cut it out, Danny. So I can't. We're doing video as true. well. You're doing okay. No, let's just. Let, let, I'll, I'll fill no. it. No, <laughs> I'm gonna move on. So, um, so he was with this girl, right? Um, and they, uh, they're tight or whatever. And so he gets left by this they're woman. Tight or whatever. So I'm trying to get back up mental track. He gets left by this woman. And uh, I want you to take a guess who 
she married recently? George Clooney. I don't know. That th- you're not giving me any hints. Rowan Atkinson? No. No. His wife left them. No. Get with Rowan Atkinson. Oh, that's a that's a. Yeah. Oh God. Exactly. There's so many thoughts, right? So many thoughts yeah. going through the old noggin. Well, like, do you think like, oh yeah, I get it. You know, like, no. what do you? <laughs> no. It, but, or it's you so think confusing. that son of a bitch? It it does give me hope. Like, okay, well, clearly she has a type. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like there is. I'm not sure I do, but let's move unavoidable on. age gap. Anyways, so uh, well, with this same. with this closing time, Danny, <laughs> what uh, what were your opinions of James A. Caster's uh, repertoire? Would you recommend it? What was something? What would be something that you might steal? I think it's really good. I think um, sort of the usage of callbacks and the confidence in the comedy and the being the comedian's comedian and just not even relishing of jokes because I, whenever I make jokes, I relish in those. I bathe myself like a pig in, in mud, you know, are we it's true? We're, so anyways, but so that's, that's, that's a big thing that I want to take away from this. Um, I still think it's very good. If you're like, if this is baby's first comedy special, I wouldn't do no. this one. Um, but I think it's very good. And I think it's very important to implement the sort of idea of the, the confidence and the absurdity and the meticulous script nature, as opposed to the, toolbox right because we see him we see him sort of interact with audience members but those interactions are like specifically in the script as opposed to like i'm taking what i'm getting from the audience member and i'm going to use that Mm -hmm. right like it's it's very different in that regard but all the same i think it's really really good and i think it's i think it's worth watching is in my cup of tea ish but i think mostly because it doesn't lend well to me through screen mac uh, I think it, it, I mean, no, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's really, really good. And, um, I'm very impressed by it and I want to make something similar someday. Are we in the two minute warning? Uh, I it passed. You're an idiot. I know, but I just, after we already passed it, Can't I was like, you. I so mean, much why time not? do we have left? Oh my God. So Danny, what are we watching next week? Could have given me the goddamn warning. Well, I'm sorry. After we passed it, I just wanted it's to. It's going to be a three it. episode arc of the art tenders relating to this one thing, which is a surprise to you. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. But it is going to be the anime television series we're starting off with Cowboy Bebop. I'm waiting for this. Thank you. One of my favorite shows of all time. Thank you, sir. Three, two, one, let's jam.